Welcome to Riches in Christ Radio Ministry with Diane Kennedy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's lesson. We'll give you information on how you can acquire this week's tape, along with information about our weekly meetings and website. Now, here's Diane Kennedy. This week, we're going to continue a discussion we began last week about the importance of becoming a regular reader of the Bible. Now, I can hear the collective sighs coming from the audience as I introduce the topic. I know what many of you are thinking. Oh, you're going to give me something else I have to do. The Bible is boring. I don't understand it. I don't get anything out of it. I need real help, and that's not it. All of these are things people have said to me about reading the Bible. And I understand. I understand completely what you're saying. But you feel that way because it has never been explained to you why you need to read the Bible and how to read the Bible. And that's what we're working on in this series. It's going to take us a few weeks to get through it. But I guarantee you, if you take heed to the things that I'm going to be sharing and put them into practice, a year from now, you will be a different person. I see it happen all the time when people accept the challenge to become a Bible reader. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but let me just throw this in, and then and then we'll get to this week's lesson. Most Christians consider themselves to be Bible readers in the sense that they read the verses that the preacher tells them to turn to on Sunday morning. They may even read a devotional every day with a verse at the top of the page and then some comments from the author of the devotional. But uh, that's not reading the Bible. I Well, like I say, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me just follow my outline here so I make sure and cover every point. If you were with us last week, I made reference to a verse in Acts chapter 20, verse 32. It it describes an event in the Apostle Paul's life. It's from a record of the last words Paul spoke to some people who were very dear to him. He had led them to the Lord, was their father in their faith, had discipled them, and he was going to leave them for what he was sure would be the last time he would see them in this life. And he entrusted them to God's care and protection. I mean, think about this. He knows he's not going to see him again in this life. These are your last words important things you want to share with your children in the faith. He he entrusted them to God's care and protection, but he also turned them over to the word of God. Let me read it. It's Acts chapter 20, verse 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. I give you over to God and to his word. Then let me keep reading. He goes on to say, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. God's word builds us up and it gives us an inheritance. Now, there's whole lessons in this statement, but let me just start with this point. God has given us 
an inheritance as his sons and daughters, and that inheritance includes everything we need to live this life and the life to come. Now, that we could do a whole series on that, and ultimately we will get to a discussion of our inheritance. But to walk in the provisions of our inheritance... God's provided everything we need to live this life and the life to come. But to walk in the provision of this inheritance, we must have knowledge from God's word. We must have knowledge from the word of God. That's why Paul turned these people over to God's care and to his word. Now, keep in mind, Paul is a man who was personally taught the gospel he preached by Jesus Christ himself. And the most important thing he could do as he left these people was commit them, entrust them to God and his care, and turn them over to the word of God. You see, God works in our lives by his grace through our faith. He gives us his word about what he has done, is doing, and will do. And when we believe what he says, it comes to pass in our lives. That's, we could do whole lessons on that, but God, who is sovereign, has chosen to work in cooperation with men by his grace through our faith. His word reveals to us what he, in his grace, has done, is doing, and will do. And when we believe what he says, believe and faith are two sides of the same coin, when we believe what he says about what he has done, is doing, and will do by his grace... It comes to pass in our lives. That's how God works in our lives. So if you remove the word of God from that, you have no basis for which to believe and no way to access God's grace. See, our inheritance comes to us through God's word. The living word, the Lord Jesus Christ, purchased it for us at the cross The written word, the Bible, tells us about what the living word has provided for us through his cross. And when we believe what the written word of God tells us, then we experience it. That's how God has chosen to work. No knowledge of the Bible, no experiencing what he has provided. It's that simple. You see, knowledge of what the Lord has provided as well as faith to access what he has provided comes from the word of God. You know this verse, Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Knowledge of what the Lord has provided as well as faith to access what is provided by God's grace comes from the word of God. The greatest gift you can give yourself is to become a regular, systematic Bible reader, particularly the New Testament. If you will commit to reading the New Testament regularly and systematically, and I'm going to explain in some detail what it means to read regularly and systematically, if you will commit to reading the New Testament regularly and systematically, you'll be a different person a year from now. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I can give you names of people who accepted this challenge, and they will tell you themselves. They're transformed. Your inheritance will be real to you in a way that it is not now.
Now, like I said a moment ago, for most people, reading the Bible means reading devotionals or reading books about the Bible or getting their word through listening to CDs and teachings on television and radio. There's nothing wrong with any of that, but it's not none of it. None of it, including listening to me teach, none of it is the same as reading the Bible. When you read a devotional, you're reading one verse from the Bible at the top of the page, and then the whole rest of the page is devoted to someone's opinion about what that verse means. They may or may not be right. And occasionally they throw in a story that describes an experience they had. Nothing wrong with any of it, but that's not reading the Bible. Or here's what, here's something else many of us do. We play what I like to call Bible roulette. We open the Bible up and read a few random passages wherever our eyes land. And we hope we get a good one. Now, everybody who's listening including myself, can probably tell of a time when you were desperate and you did what I just described. You opened the Bible at random and let your eyes fall on a verse because you're looking for a word from God and you landed on a verse that was what you needed. And I say, praise God, praise God. But the Bible wasn't written to be read that way. That was an example of God in his mercy meeting you and me where we're at. But the Bible wasn't written to be read that way. You see, the Bible is not a collection of independent, unrelated verses. The verse numbers and the chapter numbers were put in in the Middle Ages. The original people, the original writers of the Bible didn't write in chapter and verse. They wrote a letter like you and I would write a letter. And those were put in later to help make it easier to find specific passages. The Bible is not a collection of independent, unrelated verses. It is actually a collection of 66 books and letters, which together tell the story of God's desire for a family and the lengths to which he has gone to obtain it through Jesus. And every book and every letter in this collection of books and letters we call the Bible Each book and each letter is meant to be read from start to finish, the way we read any other book or any other letter. See, if, if you, if somebody gave you a book for Christmas and you opened it up at random and read a line on page 56, and then you opened it up at random again and read two lines on page 170, and then you opened to another spot and read another couple lines on page 14, and then closed the book and declared that you had read the book, nobody would believe you. We're not saying you're a liar. We're saying you're misinformed. Reading five or six random lines from a a book is not reading the book. Each book and each letter in the Bible is meant to be read from start to finish, just like we read any book or letter today. And each book and each letter in the Bible adds to or advances the story of redemption in some way. Redemption is God's plan to have a family through Christ. The Bible can't mean something to us that it would not have meant to the first readers. We discussed that a little bit last week. There's something called context. Each book 
Each, uh, each letter or epistle was written by somebody to somebody about something. Real people, in real time, in a real situation. That information sets the context. And the Bible can't mean something to us that it didn't mean to the people to whom it was first written. See, we tend to think of the Bible in terms of what does it mean to me? I've had people tell me, well, this is what this verse means to me. And here's exactly what I tell them. It doesn't matter what it means to you. What matters is what does it say? What was the writer trying to say? What was the Holy Spirit who inspired the person who penned the words what was the Holy Spirit trying to say? It. What would it mean? See, the Bible has a meaning that has nothing to do with you. It's meant it since it was written down, and it will mean it long after you've gone to heaven. That's the meaning we have to find in order to accurately interpret the Word of God. We're running out of time, but trust me, you're going to find this series very, very helpful. More tomorrow. You've been listening to Diane Kennedy of Riches in Christ. To order this week's teaching on CD, be ready for our number coming up soon. Diane teaches locally every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. near Highway 44 in Jameson at 4720 Jameson. Praise and worship is provided by Mercy's Child before each lesson. Riches in Christ provides a website at www.richesinchrist.com where you can listen to this week's radio lesson, download years of teachings and outlines, sign up for free weekly outlines, and order Diane's book, God is Good and Good Means Good. Friends, knowing that God is good is the single most important thing to stand on when trouble hits. If you think the trouble comes from or is allowed by God, then you need this book. For information or to order this week's lesson on CD, call us at 1-888-739-6619. Please mention today's date. Our number again is 1-888-739-6619.